KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Baron Wiley. Thank you, Roland. Yes, welcome to KSLR's Church of the Week program. And I like to read this verse every week there. It's so important that we recognize this. In 1 Timothy 5.17, it says, Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. And so that's why we hear our program every week. Matter of fact, we hear it twice a week. There's your double portion, uh, every Saturday morning at 10 and again on uh, Sundays at 1 o'clock. And this week, talk about, boy, double honor there. Uh, we're going to talk to a pastor who has to do it in English and in Hebrew. A lot of the times there. Uh, it's our KSLR Church of the Week. I have Pastor Greg Muse with us from Bet Shalom Messianic Assembly. And we welcome you to KSLR. And thank you for being our KSLR Church of the Week, Pastor. Amen and shalom. Ah, I'll take that. Shalom to you. Again, uh, Salem, which is the name of our company here, the Salem Media Group, also means shalom, peace to you, etc. There, so well, I receive that. Thank Amen. You very much. The church is in Marion, Texas. Yes. So again, as we're the word in South Texas, you're in. <laughs> you qualify there. Talk about the church and and uh, there's just I don't even know where to start. I'm excited about this interview uh, because uh, it's it's well, it's, it's close to me. I don't think I, t- I told you this, but uh, I proposed to my wife in Israel. Amen. Yeah. So uh, I, I can't wait to hear what, what the Lord's doing at, at uh, Bet Shalom. So what is the Lord doing at Bet Shalom? Bet Shalom. Oh, I can start from the beginning, how we all ended up there. Please. All right. Uh, I was raised on the mission field. My parents were missionaries. So I was one year old when we lived overseas. So I grew up in the mission field in Ecuador and South America. And uh, so after I graduated from high school, I came to the United States. and I went to Texas State University. And while I was there, in my second year, uh, God called me into ministry. So I switched degrees and got a degree in uh, public speaking and interpersonal communication because I knew I'd be, be sharing the good news and preaching. And after that, I went to seminary. But midway through seminary, after about two and a half years, got disillusioned. I come from an entire family of ministry, uh, and uh, all my families in ministry, I'm the middle child. Mm. So I'm like, what am I doing here? I can do this, yes, but uh, is, it, is this what God really wants me to do? So I dropped out. So I'm a dropout. I was working on my master divinity there. And uh, so I went into law enforcement. And uh, I was 12 years uh, as a special agent, federal law enforcement. And then uh, later on, I was also a Texas state trooper. And I was eventually assigned to the governor's mansion and the governor's protective detail. How did you get that? Uh, because of uh, being a person <laughs> of high character, uh, they looked at me and said, this is the kind of person we want around the governor mm. and the protective detail. Did you ever have conversations with the governor? Yes. About faith? Yes, and I uh, was able to speak to him many times. And even when they started running for the presidency, I, I told the governor's wife that was there that time, I just want to let you know I'm, I'm a pastor and I'm lifting you up in prayer. You have a hard road ahead of you. And she just started weeping. This is before they're flying out, so I felt bad because their oh. makeup was being smeared a little bit on there. But uh, <laughs> I don't wow. know if she might even not even remember that, but that's how I ended up being with them. But but while there, I just um, I knew that God, I'd left that calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, once God has called you, I'd been in and out of ministry throughout the years of law enforcement. Uh, uh, but I, I, I just God just worked in my heart. I knew that this this is not what God called me to do. It's a it's a it's a great uh, professional occupation, very high valued. But I just this is not what God called me to do. So I kept praying, God, please let me return to full time ministry. My parents, before they die out, they're in their late 80s, and uh, they'd be able to see their son mm. back in ministry before. And so I, ca- I started praying for a ministry vision. I'd never prayed for ministry vision. I'd always done all the things you can do at church, but I never prayed, asked God directly for a min- giving me a ministry vision. And uh, and through fasting, through praying the Word of God, while I'm there doing protective detail uh, at the governor's mansion, God started revealing, take the gospel to the Jew. 
And I'm like, are you kidding? We'd grown on the mission field. I'd been a missionary to uh, East Asia and Central America and other places and all my family. But I'm like, who's taking the gospel to the Jews? And I'm like, no, come on, God. And I kept trying to brush it off. And uh, finally I said, uh, okay, I'll do it. It's because I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I said, I'll do it. And once I did that, God just started bringing the Jewish people across our path, just started sharing the gospel with them, and they started getting saved, started praying, wow. Yeshua, you are the Mashiach, Jesus, you are the, you are the Messiah. It's absolutely incredible. And uh, so I just, uh, we started a, a house church at my house, uh, just a small little group with the ministry vision of taking the gospel to the Jew first and then to the nations. And from that, we outgrew our house, we outgrew another one, outgrew another one. And then I was still with DPS as a state trooper seeking a location that we could find to meet in. And I was just trying to find buildings that we could meet in or a room. Went to all these different churches, leaving my card. I'm still in DPS. But uh, I never got a response back except from one church, and it was the country church. Uh. They called up and said, hey, Greg, we got a building for you. And I said, well, I was just looking for a, a room somewhere. And uh, so I drove out there, and they said, here, this is our old youth building. Uh, they had all those new ones, and they said, this is for you. We don't want anything from you. We want to bless you with it. So we've been there in that building for the last two years, and that's how we ended up being in Marion. <laughs> well, congratulations. And what a, what grounds those are for sure. There's a there's a rodeo behind the There's a big <laughs> rodeo coliseum, full size. They have a lot of ministries, yeah, wild horse ministries, other things that come in, take place there in the rodeo arena. Yeah, wow. Right. So let's talk about when you meet there at the uh, Cowboy Church. Obviously, the Messianic Congregation meeting on Saturdays. Yeah, yeah. What the, time? The country church. I'm sorry. What did I say? Cowboy church. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's another one. That is another one. <laughs> but it's the Country Church of Mary, and yes, we know yeah. and love there for sure. Thank you. Uh, uh, Saturday nights, what time? Saturday nights. We meet on Shabbat. We call it Shabbat, and we begin. Actually, we have Hebrew class, and we start at uh, 4.30 with the Hebrew class, and I teach that. Yeah. Hebrew, Hebrew word pictures. Uh, Dr. Frank Seekin's book that we have there, and we teach that. And then at 5 o'clock, we have Shabbat school, and that's being taught uh, currently by our associate pastor, Ken Holder. And, uh, and then our worship services at 6, and I'm also the worship leader besides <laughs> preaching. And do you blow the shofar, too? Uh, yes, sir. That's we, uh, part we of worship? Begin our begin our worship service, the blasting of the shofar. Yes, sir. Talk about that for a second. What yeah. does that mean? When, when you blow that, what are we declaring here? Yeah. We, uh, we, we do four, but well, actually we play chimes before we even blast the shofar because of re- uh, recollecting and remembering the time when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God. He had bells on the bottom of the priestly garments uh, uh, there was bells and pomegranates, and the bells would ring as he came into the Holy of Holies. So we play the chimes. Just to read, we're going into the Holy of Holies, and we we'll grab the the. And there's different kinds of shofars, but the shofar blast is always a reminder that there was a substitute for us when Abraham took Isaac and uh, was going to offer him as a sacrifice. You know, he sat around and said, "Hey, you know where? What's going on? Uh, where's the sacrifice?" And uh, Abraham, Abraham responded with, "Other than I the Lord will provide." And that's when the ram was caught in the thicket and there in the bush and. Uh, and took the ram's horn. And so we're always reminded when we blast that shofar that there's been a substitute for us, Yeshua, Jesus. He paid the price for us. He was our substitute for us. He took our place and paid the price for our sins. But we do four different blasts. The first blast is a is a blast for the coronation of the king. Yeshua is king of king and lord of lords. It's the coronation of the king. The next blast is a broken blast, and it's a recall and remember of repentance. We come with a repentant heart. The next blast is a multiple uh, blast, which is an alarm cry, a wake-up call. Uh, there's a battle going on around us, and wake up. And then the last long extended blast is the Takiyah Gedolah, which is also a reminder of that. And God said he would descend with the shout and the blast of the shofar, and we will rise up and meet him in the air. And so it's a recall of remember of those. We do those four blasts before we, and Psalm says, just praise the Lord. Praise Yah, the first two letters of God's name, Yudhe, out of Yudhe, Vavhe, his full name. Praise Yah with the blast of the shofar. 
And uh, Jewish sages said that also, these are Jewish sages, said that at the blast of the shofar, uh, evil spirits flee. Hmm. Uh, because on Mount Sinai, when the Torah was given to Moses, when he came and tried to bring the people up, let's meet God, and they're all shaking and trembling, and everything is happening. There was a blast of a shofar, grew louder and louder, and then God spoke. And so it is said they don't know if it's the blast of the shofar or if it's God's voice when the blast of the shofar is, is, is blasted. So it says, hey, so what do we got to lose? We'll blast it, and yeah. let's go, and let's have church now. So. Is there a connection between the shofar blast and the trumpet blast that we hear in the end of times? In the yes, days? yes. Yes. Of course. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, so you remember that when you hear it. So. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> God's here. <laughs> well, cool. Hey, we're talking to Pastor Greg Muse. He's the pastor of Bet Shalom Messianic Assembly, also known as the House of Peace Church, for those that aren't uh, Tex-Mex or hebrew Mech or Tex or <laughs> whatever you do. But you've got a Spanish yeah. background. Yes. Talk about that. Is that from your missionary days? Yes. Uh, my parents, uh, my daddy was a, a preacher out of Oklahoma, and God called him to go into the foreign missions, and so uh, and. Uh, I was born in 1960, so in 1961 they left. Uh, I had an older brother and older sister at the time, and a younger sister born on the mission field. But I was one year old when we went to Ecuador in South America. And this, uh, some of y'all, if y'all remember, back in 1955, there's uh, these five missionaries that got killed on the mission field. Yeah. And uh, uh, Nate Saint and uh, mm-hmm. Jim Elliott, the Jim yep. Elliott story, Through Gates of Splendor, and, yep. and uh, Elizabeth Elliott and all those uh they were the missionaries that died. I grew up with their kids. I grew up with Phil and wow. Steve Stain and all those. And, uh, and so we didn't know, you know, they were missionaries, we we're missionaries. I'm like, eh, uh, your dad died, eh, you know. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> Did you ever feel in danger when you were growing up? I, I that was home. Yeah. Uh, you have to have my dad on here sometime. He can tell you story after story after story yeah. where there's a lot of persecution. He was an evangelist on the mission field and mm-hmm. a lot of church plants and a lot of people got saved and a lot of persecution on his behalf. Yeah, sure. he was in danger a lot. We were just kids growing up and, so, uh, yeah, well, that's where I got the Spanish background as, you know, being one-year-old and being raised in the mission field, you know. Uh, yeah, you learn Spanish real quick and have Spanish friends. And so, yeah, the Spanish language, uh, speak it, write it, you know, the whole works. Do you get to use your Spanish uh, in the church here at, uh, at Bet Shalom? Uh, not at Bet Shalom, but I was helping out my dad in Seguin. There's a little Spanish church there, and uh, wow. uh, my dad's 87, and he said, <laughs> hey, son, can you come help me? Uh, he's trying to – they're looking for a pastor, and uh, – he was, he said his voice was going out and his, he was forgetting his Spanish. So he said, can, can I come out and help? And so, sure. So I went over there and, uh, so I was able to preach the word and lead in worship in Spanish. I also went over there in Seguin and help him out a little bit. Well, if you'd like to attend Bet Shalom, uh, they meet again on Saturday evenings at 6.30. I'm sorry, 6 o'clock on Saturday, 6.30 on Wednesdays. And again, too, there's that Hebrew class there. Is there a charge for that class at 4.30 on Saturdays? None at all. Wow, wonderful. You can learn more at the website, betshalom-ma.com. That stands for Bet Shalom Messianic Assembly, betshalom-ma.com. And uh, Pastor Greg Muse, how long have you uh, been the pastor there? When did it start? Uh, this would have been in 2012. So yeah. So in 2012 is when all this uh, ministry vision had come into pass. And uh, part of that was it was kind of interesting. We'd already, when I finally said, okay, God, I'll do this. I don't know what I'm doing Uh and uh, God said, great, now let me step in and do what I would need to do and bring the people across our path. Uh, that was four years ago. And uh, and the Jewish people that brought to us uh, were getting saved. We, we realized after a while uh, my wife's dad died. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're the Stricker family. And their last name is Stricker. And they're all from Russia. And mm-hmm. they were Germans living in Russia. And they came and uh, many years ago went through Canada and from Canada dropped into Michigan. And her dad was one of the first generation uh, born strickers from that family. And we discovered after his death, somebody did an extensive genealogical uh, record uh, research on him, and they were Jews. And uh, <laughs> we're like, this is after he already started the ministry. Yeah. And so like, oh, wow. 
And so then I got jealous, and I said, "Well, I'm going to do this DNA testing. You know, I'm going to scrape my cheeks and uh-huh. send this thing in." So I, I sent it into one of these, one of the largest Jewish databases out of Houston, out of a, a company that does DNA uh, testing, and then mine came back in Levitical priesthood, also. Hallelujah! And so I'm like, "Wait!" So I just confirmed. Well, we were already doing the ministry that we're doing now. So we just tell people we have Jewish ancestry, but, you know, it breaks down a lot of walls when we meet with Jewish families uh, either here and other places we go. We just say, hey, we're mishpocha, we're, we're family. Yeah. And it's easier for me to share uh, with the, the gospel and with the good news with the Jewish brothers that we have. So. Absolutely. That's amazing to me there, too. I, again, I'm just fascinated by your ministry and, and how you get to share the good news with, with, with Israel, if you will. Amen. And, uh, and here in South Texas there, too. So... Uh, how does that? What is that salvation experience like when the light goes off and they finally realize that that Jesus is the Messiah? Amen. That's uh, that's one thing where I, you know, it was a learning experience for me. Uh, we had friends that say, "Hey, can you talk with such and such? Uh, they're they're Orthodox, conservative, Reformed Jew, and they're here in San Antonio and so forth." So we'd meet with them, and I noticed right at the front. Uh, thankful for my seminary days and, and being raised on the mission field and a godly Christian family and knowing the word, but they'll go sometimes head to head mm-hmm. with you discussing the Torah. Finally, I discovered, uh, and this was a, a new branch out for me too. Uh, I looked at them and I finally would just stop and I would just say, you know what? Are you sick? Are you ill? Do you have any illnesses, sicknesses? What do you mean? Well, well yeah, I got a bad knee or a bad back or a disc or I got a torn disc and whatever. I said, okay, uh, will you let me pray for you? But I'm going to pray for you using the name of Yeshua, which is Jesus, and his name means salvation in Hebrew. And they, yeah, yeah well, what do I care? And this is what is just absolutely miraculous. Because the background I came from is a Southern Baptist background. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, the Bible, man, Jesus, you did all these things, and all that came to you were healed. You went to the lost sheep of house of Israel first. And Paul says in Romans, the gospel to the Jew first and nations, and all this is here. If this is for today, I want it. And God said, here you go, take it. So I just started saying, okay. In the name of Jesus, whatever the part of the body of the head, be healed. Mm-hmm. And for the Jewish people, every single Jewish person that we have ministered to that's been sick, that we prayed over in the name of Yeshua, has been instantly, miraculously healed. And so after that has taken place, they're like okay. very open to the gospel. Yeah, That is Yeshua who healed you. May I share more about yes. And as a result of that, they've all received Yeshua as Lord and Savior. even said, you've got to tell my parents this. And they fly down from New York. Uh, these are Orthodox Jews flying down and sharing with them, the rest of the family, and the same thing that that's happening. God's just doing it, revealing the male veil of blindness from the eyes and softening the heart. In times, is what I tell people. Uh, they're turning to their, their Messiah, the Mashiach, and accepting Yeshua is the Messiah. So. so your advice is to start with ministry first before we start digging into this is what your Bible says. Yeah, it was just, I thought it was, because uh, some, some have been to, uh, they've been bar mitzvah, they've been to synagogue, some have studied Torah, and uh, they just like to, and, you know, they'll get in there and just, uh, they'd love debate. They'll yeah. get in there and just start, you know, and they're very knowledgeable and very, very, uh, on what they know of the Torah. But they, it's just, you know, I, could, I realized then, man, we can talk about this for hours on yeah. time. So it just cuts to the quick. I'm like, okay, you sick. You know, let's, let's go to your physical, your needs on here. And then you realize Yeshua, you know, he, he was compassionate. He mm-hmm. saw them. They were hungry, fed. They were sick. They got healed. And so I'm like, wow, man, this is happening with us too. So, so what is the response then when you're witnessing to, when, from my perspective, I haven't had that experience of praying that way, but I've had the conversations where, as you brought up the example of, of Isaac and Abraham and the ram's horn and the thicket, which is a picture of the crown of thorns and the, and the sacrifice, et cetera. And you try to make those parallels. And why doesn't that, Help connect the dots. So it, it should to it me. Should. should, but the, is it a blinder thing or a lot of time? And we, well, I think part of it's uh, we've seen also in the, the the families, individuals that accepted Jesus as the Messiah. 
uh, they get persecution from their their other relatives and families. Yeah. Uh, they'll say you've you've betrayed and you've lost who you are and you've and and they go on and on and on and then you see them kind of going and we've even baptized them and we've done the mikvah is what it's uh-huh. called we explain all this and that's the thing we try to share at Bet Shalom that we try to observe the Hebraic Jewish roots of our faith and we try to view the things that we do is through the, the roots of where we're coming from but uh, with the Jewish people they they just don't seem to. To click, uh, a lot of the people we've, fortunately, a lot of the people we've dealt with are just as lost as your next door neighbor who's yeah. never been to church and they're just the secular. And a lot of people kind of stand back and don't want to say anything to Jewish people because they, they think, oh man, these guys are, they, we read about in the Bible and they think they're very knowledgeable. But a lot of them, they're, they, they haven't even gone to synagogue at all. They're just born in a Jewish home and raised in a Jewish culture. And mm-hmm. most of them haven't even, uh, some have been through bar mitzvah, some have not. Some have uh, gone to synagogue, some have not. Some go to the feast, some don't. Uh, but uh, I have just learned to trust because we pray, God, today, bring across my path the person, the people that you'd have me to share the good news of Yeshua with, whether yeah. it be to the nations, the Goyim, the non-Jew, or to the Jews. Either mm-hmm. one. Father, you bring them to us. And so we equip our congregation. And as a result of that, we started seeing the miracles and miraculous helping. Uh, I started that just opened up a whole new avenue. I'm like, wow, man, this is – we saw other people starting to heal. We got other people that started being uh, saved. And then we started dealing with the area of deliverance. We're like, what? Mm. You know, how many churches <laughs> is this happening? So I started reading the Bible, and I said, man, is this happening in the Bible? Because I've been pastoring some places where I was the only pastor in the entire area on the borders of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they would send their people across, and uh, we'd minister to them, and some of those people were demonized. You're like, wow, what do you do? Wow, what did Jesus do? And just commanded in the name of Yeshua, in the name of Je- well, these were other ones, but in yeah. the congregation we have now in Yeshua's name, but other ones in the name of Jesus, evil spirits to come out of the people. And we started seeing deliverance start taking place. And so we started equipping people at Bet Shalom. We have a healing ministry, a deliverance ministry, evangelism. We equip them all to go out in what we call power evangelism, go out and uh, uh, share the good news of Yeshua and uh, lay hands on the sick to be healed and cast the evil spirits, just as we read in the Bible. And we said, God, this is all coming from you, and it's in your name we're doing these things. We have the power and authority to do these things, and we do them, and we're seeing results as a result of it. And we have the people coming back from our congregation saying, you know what? We're doing things just like we read in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And they're excited and pumped up and get your faith going. Well, I can tell you're pumped up, Pastor. Hey, hey, <laughs> I love it. We're talking to Pastor Greg Hughes. Um, I'm sorry, Greg Muse of uh, Bet Shalom Messianic Assembly, House of Peace Church there. And if you want to learn more, go to the website, betshalom-ma.com. They're meeting at the Country Church every Saturday night at 6 o'clock. I imagine that uh, there's got to be something on the horizon of the church going to Israel. Y'all do something like that? Lord willing, that's what we've been praying about. We tried to go this last year. It didn't work out. We had some contacts, some people locally, and then other people that are in Israel itself. And so... Uh, uh, part of our first fruit offerings uh, that come into Bet Shalom, we take a tithe off the first, what we call the first fruit each month. We take the tithe or the tenth or whatever the f- total amount that comes in, and we go to uh, Jewish evangelism. One of the organizations we're supporting is called One for Israel on oneforisrael.org. And uh, they're right there in Israel itself, Jews reaching Jews, evangelism, and also reaching the the, the Arabs, uh, Arabs reaching Arabs with uh, So Jesus. you would go to Israel not to go as a tourist, an American oh, no, tourist. You would go the, for ministry, and that's part of it. Well, yeah, we'll see the, the sure. touristy sides. But one for Israel, since we've made contact and we've, uh, we've met with their people that are in charge of the Bible College of Israel that are there and the people running all that and all the evangelistic efforts that they're doing, we now have contact with them and, and their two group. Uh, so we can visit and, and try to go this next summer. We're, we're, that's what we're planning on meeting with them and then be able to go over there and be able to meet up with them and still go do street evangelism and other yeah. evangelistic efforts while we're there in Israel, but also still be able to see, you know, regular touristy sites that you can go to. But. Well, very exciting there. So as uh, we're honoring you here as our KSLR Church of the Week, it's the week after Christmas here, the first one. Actually, we're about to enter the new year for sure. And it's actually Hanukkah Falls uh, during this past week there too. So 
Is that something that you recognize and celebrate? Yes. Uh, John chapter 10 talks about the Feast of Dedication. It depends on which translation that you read. Some translations just flat out say it was Hanukkah. Uh-huh. And that's what the Feast of Dedication is. And we see Yeshua was there uh, during that feast. And so we celebrate him, explain what it is. And uh, during the Hanukkah, this year, Hanukkah actually lands on the same time. The, the, the first candle lit is the eve of Christmas Eve. And so uh-huh. this it just celebrates. Uh, it comes in at the same time. Uh, we talk about Hanukkah, what it is, and the miracle that took place. What's interesting is that in our congregation at Beth Shalom, we have a regular seven-branch menorah, which is the same that they had in the, the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. But during Hanukkah, it's a called a Hanukkah. During Hanukkah, there's a Hanukkah, which is a nine-branched uh, menorah. And uh, it's to celebrate. It's an eight-long-day celebration. And then that ninth candle is called the Shamash candle. That's the servant's candle. And we know that Yeshua said he, he came to serve, not be served. And that candle is what lights all the candles. One candle is lit each night. And so if you take those eight candles. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you there. So let me ask you, that one servant candle, it represents Christ. Is that just in the Messianic or is that also recognized in the Jewish celebrations? No, that is, uh, well, are you ready for this? Yeah. Since we're on the seven branch menorah. Yeah, hit me. Where's Christ in that, right? Because I'm sure he's there. And Genesis 1-1. Yeah, in the beginning God created, right. and there's God. There you go. In, in English, Elohim. it's ten, ten words. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But in Hebrew, it's Bereshi bara Elohim et hashamayim bet charetz. That's what I was going to tell you that, yeah. There, you're going to join in. Yeah. It was seven words. So you take the seven words, you make a seven-branch menorah. Now, begin with, there's three on one side, three on the other side. So if you're counting from right to left like you do Hebrew, Bereshi bara Elohim, then you have et. That et, that is the aleph, the tab, that is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet and the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The beginning, the end, the alpha, the omega. Who is that? <laughs> Yeshua said, I am the alpha, the omega, I am beginning, the first, the last. That word et, the aleph tab, is not translated in any language except in the Hebrew. It is in the Hebrew. Your English Bible, my Spanish Bible, Chinese Bible, it's not going to be translated. In the Hebrew it is. And uh, as I'm facing you, on my right, to the right of Bereshit bara Elohim, Elohim is God, plurality of God. Mm-hmm. What is to the right of Elohim? Et. That is the middle servant's candle, the Shamash candle is in right. the middle of that menorah. That is Yeshua Christ himself. Sitting at the right hand of the Father. Sitting at the right hand of the Father. Glorious. Amen. That's exciting. Amen. <laughs> Wow, and then uh, and then as far as uh, the other celebrations, uh, Passover yeah, and, yeah. and uh, uh, you know Pentecost and, yeah. and the feasts, etc., there too. Some, there's always a party there at your Amen. place. <laughs> yeah, we'll hit the well back to the Hanukkah, and then I hit those other. I'm oh, sorry, right? The Hanukkah is uh, the Hanukkah is the nine branches, uh, the eight that you got the Shamash candle, the service candle, mm-hmm. but then the eight days that we're lighting those candles. Those eight words come from Isaiah nine, where it says. Uh, El Gibor Aviad Sar Shalom, Wonder of a Counselor, Mighty God, Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace, and Hebrew it's eight words. And so that is Yeshua himself. He fulfilled those, and he is uh, Isaiah 9 and fulfills all that. So we light that reminder of that he is a fulfillment of all those words. And yes, we celebrate the Lord's Feast. It's interesting. People read through Leviticus 23. Well, some people don't, but some yeah. people, every once in a while, they just kind of glaze over and read real fast. But if you read Leviticus 23, it lists all seven feasts. Here we got the seven again, yeah. just like the branch menorah. And uh, seven feasts. And what's interesting is as soon as you read uh, Leviticus 23 in the first two verses, it said these are the Lord's feasts. And then the Hebrew word is moed, moedin. And it says for a holy assembly or holy uh, convocation that you come together. That in Hebrew is mikra. Now, the word moed means an appointed time. That's God's appointed time that he comes and meets with his people. They're not Jewish feasts. They're called the Lord's feasts. And a lot of people miss that. 
they just call them Jewish feasts, but they are the Lord's feasts. They're his feast. They're his moed, his appointed time. He comes and meets with his people. And for a holy convocation, a holy assembly, that's mikra. That means for a rehearsal. And the root word of that actually means a, like a wedding engagement. Mm. So when you get engaged, you have a wedding rehearsal so that when the day comes, you've had the rehearsal. And that's what all that means. And uh, I believe we as Christians and believers in the church age today miss out a lot on our Hebrew yes. and Jewish roots of Hebraic. Uh, we miss that. So we celebrate these because we realize Yeshua was our Passover lamb, was and is our Passover lamb. He fulfilled that the next feast is unleavened bread, his death, first fruits. He rose from the grave. And then 50 days later, Shavuot or Pentecost, Holy Spirit comes. So he already fulfilled all the spring feast. Mm-hmm. Now we have the final three with the fall feast, uh, Feast of Trumpets, uh, Day of Atonement, and Tabernacles. And uh, so if he fulfilled the spring, will he fulfill the fall ones? Yes. He already fulfilled them, so he'll fulfill them. So that's why we have the Yom Teruah, Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, and Tabernacles, which is known as Sukkot. And we just finished uh, the fall feast, and so now we're coming here to the Hanukkah for the Feast of Dedication. And the dedication is your body is the temple of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit who's in you. So we dedicate ourselves to this time to recall and remember and to spend time in God and his word as we rededicate our lives as the dedication of the temple took place back at that time. I'm excited. I'm mm-hmm. excited for the people who attend your church. I'm excited for the future of your church there at uh, Bet Shalom Messianic Assembly, our KSLR Church of the Week, House of Peace Church. They meet every uh, Saturday night at the Country Church, and you can learn more at betshalom-ma.com. Pastor Greg, thank you so much for being here on being our KSLR Church of the Week. Amen. And if you missed any part of this great conversation, you can find it on demand at KSLR.com. Just check out our Church of the Week page. You'll find it right there. And again, Pastor Greg, God bless you. God bless shalom. you. And shalom. And thank you for listening to AM630 KSLR. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com.